Welcome to episode number 55 of the Eavesdrop Podcast. The one of my favorite podcasts out right now. The two co-hosts, and I mean that. I watched it. I watched it last time and the time before that and the time before that. I pretty much watch a lot of the stuff, but I think that yours is like and and I told Jude that I that your podcast is good. She overheard me listening to her. She's like, yeah, but they're only good because they're so good at talking. And I said, baby. Yeah. And she's like, that's not what I meant. And I'm like, okay, well, th- tell me what you mean. And she's like, well, they're just so well practiced in, in being casters and this, that, and the other that it, you know, the, you guys are streamers, right? You guys are more than just showing up, talking about the game and watching the game and doing that. Um, so I'm glad that you guys made it in here simply because one, we haven't had a two guest uh, podcast in a very long time and you guys live in the same city. So it made it super easy. Perfect. And we like to share time together. We do. TP, I'm mad that we weren't able to make a deal happen to where you came to the Huntsman. I know. And we're going to have to have that conversation on this podcast as to... Just got to write a check. I mean, <laughs> wait. I'm in a different spot now, you know? <laughs> no, one of the discussions was, was this. Uh, and I remember it clearly because you and I were talking about the possibility of you going full-time content creation. And I said, not a lot of people have the sort of legs and traction that you have now. You don't want to hinder that opportunity by also having to, well, last year was babysit, this year was coach, yeah. uh, a team. You know, not that you wouldn't have been able to do that, but I, I my opinion, my expert goddamn opinion, and it matters, um, was that you give it your all in this, in this thing because right. it does have legs and you do have that. And look at it. Go look well. At, look at us. Look at us now. Look at us now. <laughs> it's going well. Uh, the Break Time Boys is a brand that you guys created all together. Right. And it's pretty much what? So basically the thought process behind it is we wanted to create like an identity for, for our group, right? Like you have like the old men of optic, old men yeah. of redacted, for example, right? So we want to create a similar sort of style for that. We've been playing together, you know, games together, streaming together for so long now, like over the years, the different Call of Duty games. So the idea behind it is... We, we stream like a normal work schedule. You're nine to five, so you know when you're, you're taking a break at work or whatever you're doing in life, who do you tune into? The, the Break Time Boys. boys. I think the name's kind of ironic because we, we joke around that people like say they're on breaks when they watch us, but really we're just killing productivity in people's jobs because people <laughs> people are in there all day active in the chat, like, we're at work. I'm like, hey, you're not working. Yeah. They're just watching yeah. us. So, uh, it, no, I think it was just like a funny and a cool name just around, yeah, like the, the nine to five. Yeah. People watch us while they're at work. Um, it's been fun. Yeah, like you said, we've been playing daily together now for God. It's been a long time. I mean, well, we will, we played together over the years, like you said, but like it's been Consistent. every day consistently now for almost a year and a half. Yeah. So. That's dope because we've done individual podcasts, us, us three of us, me with each of you, yeah. um, and we. I don't know. I don't remember if we talked about jobs or previous jobs that you guys held in the past. But when I was in the mortgage industry, I used to have that PSP, that PlayStation Portable, mm-hmm. and I used to buy movies and then I would just put it. You know, I would just play and I would just listen to the to the to the dialogue. Right? It was just that I wouldn't watch it, but I'd be you know data entry, figuring out bullshit mortgage. Like, totally. Yeah. And I used to watch a podcast called, I don't remember, but it was the Lost podcast uh, when Lost was a thing. And at the time, well, it is. And yeah, when it was on, it was like, it was, it was amazing. And at the time, podcasts weren't big. I think this dude was one of one who made a podcast about that one show. You know, now you look at how many Game of Thrones shows there are, how many Wire shows there are, and they just evolve into something else when the season ends and this, that, and the other. And at the time, I used to be like, man, this is like, I'm so thankful for this podcast that I said, at one point or another, I'm going to try to do and give back to that. Granted, I get paid to do this shit and it's fun, but I also get to distract you. You, for example, go back to work. Okay, no, keep listening, (laughs) right? Leave it Uh, up. But did you have a, before this, like, what what was your job? Oh. Like, what's your last real job? My last real job before this? And don't say Halo casting. Before commentary, I guess when I was like an Enterprise Rent-A-Car at a college, 
And then, God, I worked with like Verizon for a while, just some different like sales jobs. I worked for like a newspaper at one point, selling like ad space, like just just. And what did you use my, my degree was in marketing, so it was like various like sales. What uh, sort of distraction did you use at well, work? Well, so I've always been to break up the well, monotony of it. This is interesting because podcasts never really. They didn't make sense to me for a long time because I was a big audiobook guy. So yeah. like, I was huge into Audible. So like I am people who know this, like a massive fantasy nut. So like I've listened to thousands of fantasy books. Like I love fantasy books. So like I would always I would always do it. And I had a friend, we shared an Audible account, and he would always be the one picking books and we'd always talk about books and they just sort of stop. We like stop talking about stuff. I'm like, what are we why aren't we chatting? He's like, I got into the Joe Rogan podcast and he just got into podcasts to a point where he stopped listening to Audible, got into it. Like yeah. I didn't really understand that world because I just never really did it, but now it's actually taken until this past year where I've started to be like, okay, I get what the craze is about. Yeah. I get it. So, uh, really quickly, this uh, podcast is brought to you by Hims and Honey, and I'll tell you a little bit more about them later because Hims and Honey bring in the money that keep this show uh, running. Helps me pay for Matt. Super expensive dude to sit there and listen and edit all this stuff. Uh, did you did you have anything uh, prior to this? Because you, you started professional Call of Duty like very young. No, my, I'd never had like a like a real job. I went right into competing online, and fortunately, within like six months of pursuing like professional career in it, I started actually making money to prove to my parents because I was sort of like in that transition line of graduated high school, freshman year of college. My parents were like, "All right, dude, like you got to do something, right?" So they're like trying to push me in the direction of getting like a real job, a real balanced lifestyle, that type of stuff. And I'm like, I really had to like push back a little bit and be like, "I need six months. Give me a year." See what I can do. Fortunately, it worked out for me. But uh, yeah, I, I'd never had, I guess, a real job before so how, this. So how, how long have you been in the industry then? Because uh, so I guess Black in the Ops industry. Now before that, Modern like Warfare I started competing in '09. Okay. Yeah, I started playing COD '08. So, so a decade. Yeah. A decade in this Crazy. industry. And look how far. Like it's it's insane, right? Like and it's only going to continue to evolve. Obviously, right. we're. I was talking to Andy earlier about. We, we talk about like an endless amount of shit on a daily basis. Uh, but the way that he sees the space is way different. Not not too different. Uh, I guess it's not different at all. It's just from a different angle than what I see it. Like we both see where this is going, where it's going to end up, and how it's going to look. And the way that he thinks about how people get there is like fucking mind blowing. I got I got to bring him back on the podcast so he can discuss that. Yeah. But um, like I said, I, I always thought about you know the importance of of being able to to sort of entertain people when they need the most entertainment and now more than ever because youtube wasn't a thing when i was working in the mortgage industry right um when did the, it doesn't matter but i i didn't have that option so i had to buy little tiny little discs put them in my psp and listen over and over to movies that i liked right a snatch obviously because it was a good the perfect movie to just listen to um and anyway so so one of the topics that i had here is the importance of content creation as a side hustle Right, because that's how that, that's what it is for you right now. That's what it was for you yeah. all forever, forever, right? And and it is something that people aren't taking advantage of. If you look at our friend Jack, like he took advantage of his free time, and he said, you know what? I have a webcam. I like to play games. I'm done casting. I'm home now. I have nothing to do instead of watching a movie. I'm gonna do this side hustle to make a little bit of extra cash on the side that ended up making more money than he would have ever imagined from, from doing that. Uh, the importance of it, in your opinion, like what, what, uh, what is the one thing that you recommend to people who aren't taking advantage of that? Well, it's, I guess it's a why not. Uh, people look at like my last year and a half or so and be like, wow, dude, like when you start streaming, I'm like, I started streaming in 2011. Where, where, did, where have you been? You know? yeah. <laughs> so like, I've been doing this for a long time and for, I don't know if it's pros or other people that are thinking about like starting, it's just like, you gotta start somewhere, right? Like, you think I started with like, I don't know, my concurrence right now, like 2,500 concurrence? Absolutely not. I've been doing this a long time. And like, over time, you you learn, you develop your personality, and you know what your strengths are, you know what your weaknesses are. So like, when you're streaming, you, you, you kind of figure out how, what, what demographic you cater to. Like, my demographic's older. I'm not the guy that's screaming, shouting over every play, things like that. And it took me a while to understand that, right? You like. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different than this guy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's like, why not? A side hustle, especially, I'm the perfect example. I'm not the most like outgoing, charismatic dude. I feel like I'm getting better now because I'm getting success. It's I'm getting more confident, right? But it's like, over the years, you just need to f keep doing it 
And with the way that content creation works, it's like a snowball. And when you get these opportunities, my big opportunity was when I started coaching Optic, when I joined up with you guys. And my eyes lit up and that kind of like reignited my passion. I had always been doing it, but it's like, if I have an extra three, four hours in between scrims or before or after, I needed to make that count because when you get those opportunities, your hours mean more. And that's when I went into full on grind mode. Those coaching days, like you kind of brought it up earlier, like. The reason I'm not coaching right now is those days were absolutely brutal. I would start streaming at 9 a.m. We'd get done with scrims at 11 p.m., 12. Like that's, those are long days to do for six months in a row. Barely taking a day off, but that's the type of grind, the, the mindset that's necessary to make it in this stuff and yeah. to set yourself apart. Uh, I think, yes, there's all that hard work, but I think if you talk to anyone that blew up yourself or a ninja or a jack, like there's the hard work, there's the grind, and then there's like a little bit of luck in those little moments where you see the ability to pop and take advantage of that. Like I think there's a lot of content creators that like had that moment and just didn't, I don't know, didn't necessarily go after yeah. it. Like like you said, with you it was like, um, you know, when, when they said you weren't gonna be uh, on the desk anymore, like the community yeah. got behind you, and then you joined Optic, it was like this perfect storm of it was stuff, then Blackout time came for me out. Too. Yeah, but it was like this perfect storm. If you, if you think about Ninja and Fortnite, like Ninja was streaming for what, like 10 years yeah. before he blew up, but like Fortnite comes out, like it was just this perfect storm. Like these little moments happen that you have to, to capture and go after. I think Jack did that perfectly, but I mean, we're, we're speaking more, I think, to people that are already a little bit more established, like the side hustle, not to someone just trying to start yeah. out. Um, but for me, it's just. All I can think even now is like, why the hell didn't I do this earlier? Like, why did I take so long to do it? Because like, I didn't stream for a long yeah. time like you, yeah. and I'm an insane person. I can be entertaining. You, I can have you fun. And I should have started. Had, like, if you guys would have continued your, know, your Minecraft, think about it all the time, man. Like, yeah, if we you, just you're if, built for this shit. I know. Like, if we if we start, if I stuck with it back then with Scott, and, like we yeah. did the streaming thing, or even even when Jack was starting to blow up, like I. I when we were in Manhattan, I just didn't have a place to stream was the problem because Kat and I lived together in the one room and Jack yeah. was streaming his room and all I had was the living room while she was walking dogs. Like, I have a bit of an excuse there because I didn't have anywhere to stream, but all I think about is like the missed opportunities that I've had. And like, things are good right now. Things are great. I got the full-time job. Streaming's going well. It's just growing, but all I can think about is like there were a ton of little spots in my life where I think if I just would have done better there, if I would have prioritized it, who the hell knows what it could be now? I think about that all the time. It drives me insane. Yeah, I think you'd be big. Potential there. But I started back then with Scott. I man. think. Look, I think you're on the right path. I think uh, once you know, I hear rumors that there might be a BR coming out of Modern Warfare. We can talk about those rumors later. But I, I think that you guys are like perfectly positioned. I've always preached, and and you can go back to 2013 when we first moved into the into the 6050, that the morning show was like an untapped market. The morning show is like what people listen to on their way to work and where they don't need to uh, sort of pay attention to the video because it's just conversation from from a you know, particular point. But the fact that you guys have that, like I can listen to you guys just banter and, 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 and envision what you guys are going through in a game of Blackout without having to fucking look at it and, and, and feel a certain way about it. The other thing about content creation as a side hustle is that a lot of people consider it a failure to make a thousand dollars a month on a side hustle that like don't, if you're listening and, and and you can if you can replace your job right now your part-time job by playing video games it's not a failure if you're not making a hundred thousand dollars a year right right the point is this the point is is that you can make a a, a living right a good enough living to to live off of your video game addiction in a sense you don't have to live this incredibly lavish lifestyle like some fucking morons do. Uh, hard work, though. Ten, you know, ten years I deserve. It. Um, <laughs> but you don't have to live that. Like a, a lot of people take that in. And it, you've seen the movie Rounders? Yeah, love it. You, Rounders? <laughs> no, the poker movie. Poker yeah, movie? No. There's there's a there's there's a scene where Michael, played by Matt, Matt Damon, Damon it, who's talking to the curly-haired guy at that the. Was from a. Uh, is the guy from John Malkovich? That I'm trying to think. No, is no. it John Malkovich? No, he's the. Oh my dude, it's it's been okay. 10, 15 yeah. years since I've All seen right. this so film. So they're at the Who else is in it? Is, it? is Ed Norton in that? Ed Norton's in there, yeah. And I think John Malkovich. John oh, dude, Malkovich. It's been yeah, a long he's time. Uh, he's uh, what's his name? It's been a long yeah. time since I've seen. Anyway, him. <laughs> he's in there and he's saying he's like, I don't play poker to to live this crazy lifestyle. I play poker because I have bills. I have poker because I have tuition, I have child support, I have this, that, and the other. And that always hits me differently because I'm like, as much as it is fun to play video games and make a crazy living and the opportunity, like the fact that you can play video games and pay your bills is a blessing all within itself. 
If it never gets any farther than you making ends meet, it's already a success story. Yeah. See, I think I think I agree with you. Like yes and no, though. Because at the same time, I guess it just has to be worth it. Like, if there is something else you can do that you can be more successful, at. like I guess I guess what frustrates me sometimes is like uh, it's not the same parallel, but like when I see people trying to make it as a competitive esports player that you know clearly are not going to, yeah, they're putting so much time into it, and sometimes I think like. It's just time to cut that off and move on and try something else. So, yes to Me that. Me in 2006. Like, yeah, yes to that. Um, for the streaming thing, the same thing. Like, if is it worth putting in 40 to 60 hours a week if you're barely getting by? If there's something that you could put time into that you could have a better life? Maybe, maybe not, but... Mm-mm. I don't know. That's like a fine, fine balance. Like you just have to make sure it's not not destroying other aspects of your life. Absolutely, which, yeah. which is the the difficult part. Which yeah. is the hardest part, probably about streaming, man. Like, cause you just you know as well as I do. Like you can just like lately, cat's been gone. I've been going like twelve to sixteen hours a day. I'm just like it, it's hard to stop because you just know you never know. You never know when subtrain is going to pick up. You never know when that day is going to pop off. Like I've had the most random moments. Like even twelve hours into a stream, I got forty subs to that point, and suddenly someone drops a hundred. Next thing you know, you yeah. make a couple thousand dollars yeah. in yeah. an hour. Like yeah. you never know what's going to happen. The one thing that Jack told me that really kind of helped me, which is almost going against my point that he said, but like he just said, like if you're thinking about going live, just go live. Like always, just go live. Just hit live. Just do it. If you can, if you have the time. Don't make an excuse ever. Just go live because yeah. you never know when it could pop off. Well, you never know when someone could host you. And you just don't. To those don't. points as well, it's like obviously we're more established, right? But like the amount of times where I wake up 8 a.m., I sit down on my setup, I'm like, damn, I just don't feel it today. I click the go live button anyway because you never know what's going to happen and you get those adrenaline rushes and it's super yeah. addicting. Whether it's a big game, whether it's people supporting, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And when you're playing, if you have a, like a group around you, that's my biggest advice too. Doing it by yourself is really tough, day in, day out, trying to stream a game. I don't know, let's take Blackout, for example, for 10 hours a day. Doing it by yourself, that's hard, right? But if you have a group and like you're just having fun, that's where those fun moments are gonna come from and that's what people sort of gravitate to too. So like, to your point, I agree. There's a certain point where the amount of hours you're putting in might not be worth it, right? But like, how can you, turn those, I don't know, wait, I don't call them wasted hours, but like not as beneficial hours. How can you make those as be, like beneficial as possible even if you aren't making money? What, are you having fun? Are you making, are you streaming on Twitch and getting a YouTube the gameplay out of it? Like, just trying to find something. Right, and, and how can you balance your lifestyle enough to you know, stay in shape, eating healthy? Like there's a lot of different things you can do along with the streaming lifestyle to make your overall life better too, so. So you're, you're a married man, yeah. right? Uh, and God bless Deej because no, no, Jude, same way. I'm, I'm assuming Kat's the same way where she's like, you know, work if you want to work. Don't yeah. work if you don't want to work. How did that, that, that work for you? Because you did have a fucking super rigorous schedule last year where, you know. It was hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we moved over here to Texas from California. And I think the wife having a full-time job definitely helps too. We have our own thing going on, right? So like a lot of the time we're just kind of busy with our work stuff. But honestly, yeah, the long days, there was times where I'd probably go for like a week and we wouldn't talk for more than 15, 30 minutes. We lived together. Like, it, it's crazy the amount of, uh, like, patience that she has with this. Yeah. Obviously, we've been doing it for so long. She's been yeah. here before I started making a dime doing it. So, like, the perspective is there. But I, I guess I'm fortunate because she, she understands content, the game. The she, she, she's a gamer herself, right? Yeah. So. I feel like she understands how rare of an opportunity this is. And again, the past year and a half, two years have been so life-changing for us for where we were. You know, like you brought it up, like when I wasn't invited back to do the desk, I was like, so I'm not competing anymore. I'm not on the desk anymore. Like all my comfort level there, granted I ended up in a very comfortable position with you guys, but it it was scary, right? So the fact that she had my back is what like gave me the hope and gave me the the drive to go live every single day every single morning because yeah. i knew that it was going to be okay right yeah. so yeah it was very helpful to have her support what about you how do you, how do you and cat manage to to uh, balance well, all that it's a little bit different we've had like the opposite problem because um cats cats well cats <laughs> not like she's not she's not working currently which i personally am fine with like i love her being yeah, at home yeah, taking same. care of the place yeah. taking care of copper like um I like that, but it's uh, it's been trickier in the sense of it's just we we just need to buy a house, man. Because we're like in this apartment, and you know how loud I am, and I'm just driving <laughs> here insane because she's sitting there listening and stuff. But it's to the point where 
I mean, Kat, Kat likes to buy stuff. She she wants us to be wealthy. She's like, if now's the time, you need to put it in and make the money so we're yeah. happier later and go on vacation. She gets it. Yeah. It's just more of a... And she is, she she thinks the streaming side's cool. It's just a... I, we, we just need to move, man. Like, I'm going to... She's going to kill me one day. She's going to kill me. <laughs> because it's it's like she'll be in the living room and I'm just in the bedroom next to her like... Ah! Screaming. Like, yeah. where's my bullet rag? Just yelling and stuff. Like, she's going to kill me one day. Yeah. But she's... She, I think she's happy for me. Like she, she's, she, she sees me doing well, and it makes her happy, which, yeah. is, which is good. Did you ever think that you were going to get this far into it? Because like you're now a staple, like a literal staple. When I mean, I, I, we won't talk about that. But let me let me clear my brain of what I was going to say. Now that you're a, that you're in the league, guaranteed as as like the the main caster, like that's super dope. Yeah. And I had words, you know, with, with people about like if they don't come back, we're you know, whatever it takes, we gotta fucking make that shit happen because I we need that thing. Uh, there, there was a moment where I, I guess I was worried it might it might not happen because they weren't getting to what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think what really helped everything is the the schedule change because I'll just be blunt. The biggest concern for me is I got to a point where we're making well, not, I'm not making the same as him, but making good money on Twitch enough that it worried me with that original travel schedule how grueling it was going to be, how many weeks it was going to be. What is it? What? Your schedule. Tell us. Well, well, now now it's not too bad because yeah. now we have like 14 events. It is like 14 weeks. Before it was like 30. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking like I'm making this now on Twitch. It's growing. Like my sub count's going up. If I travel that much, it's going to murder it. Like I knew it was going to. So I had to just be financially responsible. Think about one thing dropping, one thing going up. And at first it just wasn't yeah. going up to counteract how much I knew I was right. going to lose. But then when the schedule change came in and the weekend's almost cut in half, it I think it helped both sides. Yeah. So I feel very... I feel very good with where I am right now with the traveling and the, but it is, it's terrifying, man. Cause like I'll, it, it feels weird to complain because I commentate video games for a living. I stream video games for a living. I'm in a, I'm in a great place. I love it. But it's stressful when I, I left, I think before uh, Minnesota, I think I had like 3,700 subs. I went to Minnesota, then to Miami to record a thing, then to LA for a hundred thieves thing. Then, uh, Where'd we go to the next event to London? London. By the time I came back, I had 1,600 subs. So that's just, I mean, it's 2,000 subs went away and I didn't have a chance to stream. I just couldn't because of the travel schedule. So it's just, I have to accept there's going to be some ups and downs. And I have to yeah. grind my ass off when I have a chance. But um, well, it's f- nice not to worry too much about the streaming side because I have the stability yeah. of the paycheck on the commentary side. Yeah. So. The, you know, obviously, Scump and, and Formal are going through those same pain points right now. That with the fact that we're selling. You know, uh, we're, we're doing so good on ticket sales that now is just driving it home and selling out the venue, which is totally doable, and we'll, we will probably do that. But we they had the same schedule as you, but the second that we landed from London, we were home two days, and then we were in Chicago doing the meetup, and it was fucking freezing cold, negative degree weather. When we got into the venue, it was, call it, 16 degrees. Within the hour, hour and a half, Matt, it got to negative, like, one and there was people outside standing for like an hour to an hour and a Damn. half in, in the negative degree. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking and I'm like, you better tell these fucking security people to let them in and to line up and take every single square footage of this lobby. Fire, like fire department won't let us. I'm like, bullshit, they're gonna, they're like, they, they need to come in here. Yeah. And they're like, we, we just can't do it. And I threw a fit, but you know, a 40 year old throwing a fit is not a, a pretty sight. <laughs> but I'm like, man, they're, they're freezing, you know, they're, they're out there, they're, they're freezing, get them in here. So I had to stay there from uh, Wednesday to Saturday. Now, mind you, I had just left Liv and Jude for five days when I went to London, and I had just gotten back from uh, being sick as fuck in Minneapolis. So, like, February was like a zero family sort of week for me. Yep. Luckily, Jude from the beginning has always been just like Deej, just super like, like, do it, you know, go, you know, whatever. She's like, make it happen, you yeah. know, or whatever. Um, like one time, super early on, like in 2000, call it 10, when we were like super popular, she's like, you better work harder than ever because people are going to try to catch up to you. And I was just like, you're right. So, you know, fast forward it. But it is taxing and super, super difficult. Uh, well, you but yeah. do it with it. I mean, you have a wife. That, see, it's hard for me to think about, like, you have a child. It's like, thankfully, well, not thankfully, but I'm just... Cat, I don't really have intention of having children, but it might happen someday. But like, I, it's hard for me to imagine my life right now if I had children. Like, I can't even. Same. You do it, but like, I can't. I cannot imagine the travel schedule I have for commentary, the stream schedule. Like, I can't. It's hard for me to even imagine doing well, it. Well, like, so, I mean, props to you. I, I, just, like I can't. Props to Jude. I, yeah. what do I, I don't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> I live. I live a life. Uh, I, I live uh, a life where nothing's wrong. 
you know, luckily, you and know, health, like, family's health and all that. Stuff. I don't know. Uh, we're obviously in very like great positions, right? And I don't want to come off like a, a complaining at all, but I feel like the people, like a lot of people, don't realize the amount of sacrifice, the family, the friendships. Like, yeah. I am not as close as I'd like to be with my family, my friends from back home. Like, I haven't been a good yeah. like son, for example. I don't yeah. talk to my parents yeah. enough. I don't talk to my brother enough. <laughs> never, uh, you know what I'm saying? Talk to my parents I, I, I can really have time yeah. for myself, let yeah. alone these other relationships too. So yeah. like. We realize, I feel like we all realize the, the fortunate position that we're in. However, there's like a lot of other parts of life that we don't get the full experience of either. So like, just throwing that out there. Like, yeah. Grind it's now. all balance, right? Grind now and hope it yeah. more my, of that later. My but. birthday was spent at London winning a champ. well not winning a championship, well, we won a championship or whatever, but was eating pizza, microwavable pizza. <laughs> like that was my birthday. I could have stayed home and spent it with Liv and Jude and had a, all the dogs right. around us, and Henry and I could have celebrated our birthday together. And again, it's not complaining. I wouldn't trade it for the world, and yeah. you know, whatever. But it is some of the stuff, like you, like you said, you saying that, like I, I feel the same way. Yeah. Haven't been a good brother. Haven't been a good son. Haven't been a good, uh, you know, husband for the most part. And when people ask Jude, like from home or for her friends or Facebook people or whatever, like, like you know, like, is, does it suck that Hector travels so much and this that, and the other? She's like. No, because he would still be missing the same amount of time, and we would only see each other from five to nine, and then Liv is off to school, and then I'm off to work. We will never talk. It would be the same exact thing, except that now we can go with him if we want to, right. any single point. So it's like, is the is the opportunity that that obviously like not a lot of people have, and it's our responsibility. If we're being fucking truthful and honest, it is it is our opportunity, an opportunity that a lot of people would love to have that they just don't. So it is our responsibility to make sure that we live this dream better than anybody else out there because we, we can, owe it right? to the people who would want to be in this position. But it is like, dude, I'll tell you what, I mean, I've had a regular nine to five. Like the work-life balance is a lot harder now than it was when I had a nine to five. Yeah. It's just, it's just more hours, man. Cause well, and this stuff, you talk about the side hustle. I mean, I'm basically, it's two jobs. I mean, well, really and is. content, like travel plus. You, you, you're, you can always monetize your time in a sense, right? So like, I went yeah. from a position where I wasn't making that much streaming and it was very easy to not stream for a day. The position I'm in now, it's like, should I do this or should I stream? It's like you're setting and, money on fire. You feel like you're setting money and, on fire. Like yeah, literally. Exactly. A duffel bag of cash. And it's, a, it's unhealthy. Yeah. And it's, it's addicting. And you have to get to the point where it's like, what time is like worth it? And you have to sacrifice your hours working for your family time, for your you know your fitness. I'm trying to get back at the gym and stuff like Could that. Could tell so, the last time I answered a call from my mother. Cause she always calls when I'm streaming. I never. She yeah. always calls. She's like, "You're always streaming." I'm like, "I know." Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Andy just called me, and I'm like, "I I, I turned it on, and I was doing my speech." And he's like, "Got it." And he just sent me a text. I got it. So shout out to my duo. But it's uh, like me. I'm lucky enough to have my parents like right next door, so I do see them. I I always see them every Saturday for sure for breakfast. If I'm not in town, then whatever. But anyway, it's uh, it's it's important. The side hustle. You have to go after it. Why not? Like, what is the thing? Maddie was streaming last night from twelve to whatever. Yeah. Good job, Matt. Good for you. I like that. Um, I had, I had, I wanted to talk to you guys about this because it's. Uh, we were just talking about it on Twitter, so I figured that I would bring this up. Ninja <laughs> tweeted out the phrase "It's just a game" is such a weak mindset. You are okay with what happened, losing imperfection of a craft. When you stop getting angry after losing, you've lost twice. There's always something to learn and always room for improvement. Never settle. The, uh, this is the issue I'm having with like people that respond to this negatively. First, first okay. let me, let me, right, let yeah. me tell you. Uh, the, the amount of people that took that the complete wrong way makes me, one, not envy the position that Tyler's in because he's so big that everybody's just looking to chop him down. Fuck. Right. Like losers, right? Like, like. Uh, anyway, I'm not gonna get into it. That's but so the cool. amount of people that twisted that message into a whack-ass narrative, like seriously, like got me in a mood where I was just fucking insanely mad. And yeah, no, and I, I can't uh... be mad because I, you can't. I can't control my feelings. You think you're gonna be able to control your feelings with your tweet that says you shouldn't do that? You shouldn't. Do that? No. 
no one can control my anger but me, and I can't even fucking control it. It's just like people got stuck on the whole gaming side of it. Like, that's just his crap. That's his job. That's what he does. Like, it can apply to anything. You could fill anything in there. Like, I could be an NFL quarterback. That could be a, that's a, a salesperson. It's that a could game. Be, it could be anything. It yeah. applies to, like, life and what you are trying to be good at in your, like, career, whatever yeah. it is. But, like, everyone was like, well, I play games just to relax. Okay, that's not what this is about. Yeah. That's it, it, Dude, I was just reading responses. Like, it's. I just sometimes think it's either... People like to hate on people at the top, obviously, is part of it. I just think sometimes people's reading comprehension is horrific. Because I just read that. Like, I knew what it meant. I, I don't know. I just don't. And then people, like, they're like, oh, so you're saying it's okay to, like, rage and punch a hole in the wall? Like, well, how do you get That's that different. from what he said? <laughs> I, I've broken more controllers and more headsets before I started making money on uh, on this thing than after. And I've broken a bunch, right? It's it's just the way that I've, I've punched yeah, walls. But- in an argument with uh, with my brother before. And that's how you dealt with it. But I don't think he was saying that that's what you should do. Like, yeah. You don't need to rage or be toxic. Like, no. I don't know. Some people, some, I think he, what was the word he used? Anger, right? Like, anger yeah. is a very healthy and normal emotion. But sometimes mm-hmm. yeah, people happening. Like, uh, he People twisted the word anger into like, I don't know. I when you it, stop getting angry yeah, after angry, losing. You can get angry. Angry is a very you healthy go, emotion. But what so, if you would have said uh, depressed or sad yeah. or... Uh, you know, what if you said it's like I'm happy losing? Think about the amount of winners, right? That would have been like, wow, what a what a what a what a loser mindset. Well, you like losing? You're happy about losing? Like winner? He, he no way to win in his scenario because the 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 amount of people that are following him and are and are you know it's tough. Uh, it's like it's people's perception, and I feel like depending on where you're at in life, you're gonna have a different response to it. And it's like from being a pro. Losses hit you so hard because people don't see the amount of time, hours, patience, all that type of stuff. Like even as a coach, there's a lot of times where I felt like we would go into an event super prepared, we would lose, and it would just hit super hard. So it's like some people like translate their anger differently, and I feel like depending on how they do that and like where they're at in life and how like competitive they are, right? Yeah. So it's like I feel like people. This hopefully this doesn't come off wrong, but people that are like that like settle probably might get like a negative connotation from his tweet because like they're they're okay yeah. you know where other people are going to get pissed because they're not where they want to be and they get that like drives them mm-hmm. so I, I don't know it's like i don't want to knock people for how they like react to, to their own feelings i guess but it's like i feel like if you want to continually get better that it, failure is what gets you to that point right and people just respond to failure differently yeah. some people yeah. like tend to give up and that, for me, that tweet says, don't give up, find how to improve the next time. It literally and says, people, never settle. Yeah. Yeah. That's never the point settle. Of it. Maybe he could have worded it like slightly no. better. But I just feel like but people, people are looking people for are the just negative. Like, yes, exactly. There's looking that's the for the annoying part for like, me. And that's yeah. why even social the, media is Dude, tough. even though, what was the one, the one that drove me crazy too? Well, he tweeted the, uh, he could have worded it a little bit better too, but like the one about the NFL kickers or whatever. And then he replied to the one guy and based, because the one guy compared it to Fortnite or whatever and said, that's a stupid comparison. And he's like, you can't compare kicking a football to like, Fortnite as a whole, like I understood what that meant. Like that'd be like, it's one part of the game. It's one part of football. Yeah. Like if you would have, well, what can I compare it to? Like CS. If if one guy's job was only opping, only sniping, and that guy was consistently missing open snipes, he'd be off the team. But like I, I don't know. Sometimes his tweets, like people go out. It's just it's just part of being famous, I guess. But like I, I read them, I'm like I get that. That makes sense. Why is everyone freaking out? I just don't get it half the time. He has had some stupid ones, but like when they're when they Who are stupid, hasn't? yeah, no, I know. Yeah. We all do. I and also like the this thing, it drives me crazy. I don't want to go off the rails too much with this, but like that one time he'll clap back at somebody and everyone makes it a big deal. Like, yeah, he ignored two thousand. Yeah, he responds to one. Like, come on, man. Like. I, I, I'm I, one Billy at the pit size, and sometimes I just feel like, like shut the fuck up. Sometimes <laughs> I wake up in the mood to correct everybody that's wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, I, I can't most, do it. Most of the no, you just ignore I, it. I, I'm not a big fan of social media. It's, obviously, it's a big part of what we do. You got to generate, you know, clicks, right? You got we got to p- get people engaged in, in some sort of way, whether that's positive, negative, in between. I can't sit there and go and correct and people and like some people just look are in a certain mood and look for certain things and certain tweets and it's just like I just try and take stuff for as it is and move on I can't sit there and correct people all day. you know who used can't to be really it. good at that C-Nanners obviously okay. C-Nanners like with the time when he blew up and he was the biggest thing in gaming at one point like he had a lot of negative comments like you're boring your voice you're this you're that or, uh, and, and he never not once responded to it and Hutch I, I remember Hutch talking about it vividly he'd be like 
He's like, I don't know how he does it. If somebody's wrong, I'm telling him it's wrong. I mean, to this day, Hutch is in an argument. I bet you if I go to his Twitter, he's in an oh, argument right now about Bernie Sanders. Yeah, oh, yeah. Not, not, you know, <laughs> whatever. But that's, that's, that's the sort of level that, that, that he is. Now, on that point, um, actually, you know, let me give a quick shout out to the sponsors and then I'll, I'll get back to the argument point of the whole thing. We're going to talk about him's uh, first sponsor for the Eavesdrop podcast, where I believe the fourth week in a row, uh, and I certainly, or for the fourth time, uh, fourth time, and I certainly appreciate that because, look, and Clint, I'm not talking about you, but 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. You are 35, as you just said. The thing is, is that when you start to notice hair loss, it's way too late, okay, because it's easier to keep the hair that you have than to replace it with the hair, or to replace the hair that you've lost. Okay, so how will you feel a year from now if it's business as usual up there? Where you no longer have to worry about, oh man, that's an extra follicle of hair that's falling off every single time I do my shampoo. I ask you, do you want a ball spot to pop up or do you want to do something about it first? Do you want your hairline to recede or do you want to do something about it first? Why do guys turn to weird solutions if they do anything at all when they can turn to medicine and science? The solution, okay, here's the answer for all of you. 4hams.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men, okay? You, let me give you, let me give you an example, okay? And, uh, and we've had this a couple of times, right? You can get connected through HIMSS to real doctors with medical-grade solution to treat hair loss well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair and keep money in your pocket. No snake oil pills at gas stations or counter supplements. Uh, Prescription solutions backed by science is what this is. No waiting room, no awkward in-person visits. God, doctor, things aren't working down on there. My soldier's not attentive anymore. None of that awkward stuff, okay? Because the answer When you answer a few quick, easy questions, a doctor will review your answers and prescribe you, right? Prescribe everything that you need to fix your problems way ahead that, you know, from them becoming an actual true problem. And the products are shipped directly to your door very discreetly, okay? So if you order now, every single listener of the Eavesdrop Podcast can get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last, at... F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com forward slash E-A-V-E-S-D-R-O-P. That's eavesdrop. For hymns.com slash eavesdrop. This would cost hundreds, if not thousands, if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Okay, so get the trial month for hymns for just $5 today at HTTP forward slash forward slash F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com forward slash eavesdrop. Again, that's for hymns.com slash eavesdrop. Act today. Don't wait until it's way too late. And you look like, I'm not going to say it. Let's just move on. Honey, got to make them, got to make that money for them honeys. Okay. It's online shopping. It's supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fulfilling. Okay. So why is it so hard to find a coupon code that actually work? Thanks to honey, it doesn't need to be. Matt right here has bought pizzas for us with coupons. Many a times, every single time that we've had a land, He's gotten on the computer, gotten a discount, and gotten like 14 to 15 pizza pies for everybody to enjoy. Okay, Honey is free. It's uh, an online shopping tool that saves you money online. Uh, It automatically finds the best promotion codes and applies them to your cart, which makes online shopping finally super easy as it's supposed to be. How does it work, you may ask. I'm going to tell you. You're going, as I just mentioned, you're going to go buy pizzas. Okay, or you go to your favorite sites, whether it's Target, Best Buy, Sephora, Macy's, eBay, Etsy, Walmart, etc., etc., etc. When you check out, this little box drops down, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. What happens then is the magic behind the computer. Okay, you wait a few seconds, and Honey scans every promo code on the internet to find the best deal for you, and you watch the prices drop in person, live and direct, right before you click Buy. Okay, uh, like I said, we, we use it. We're super happy with it. Um, how much on average do you think that we've saved on that? Like $43 a month? Like how much? Like $100 a month, says Maddie, on stuff that we bought for the headquarters. I'm not going to ask him how much he saved personally because 
I don't know, his shopping habits or whether or not we should be talking about them. Um, but, you know, it, it feels good. It feels good to experience the coupon sort of be scanned throughout the entire internet and then be applicable immediately to your cart and you watch the, the things, you know, drop. So, uh, a couple of facts that Honey has found over 18 million members. Okay, look, listen to this. I just, I was reading this and I remember this data point. Honey has found it's over 18 million members, Maddie and I being two of them, over $2 billion in savings. $2 billion that got taken away from those hardworking companies that we're getting coupons for. Did you know Honey supports over 30,000 stores online and they're adding more every single day? That's why it has over 100,000 plus five star reviews on Google Chrome Store. Okay, not using Honey is literally passing up free money. It's literally leaving money on the table for somebody else to grab and enjoy. Why not take that money and apply it again into whatever it is that you're purchasing? It's free to use. It installs in just two clicks. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com forward slash eavesdrop. That's joinhoney.com slash eavesdrop. Join, J-O-I-N-H-O-N-E-Y.com, E-A-V-E-S-D-R-O-P. So again, huge shout out to both Honey and Hims. Uh, the point that I was making with Hutch and the arguments is that just like not being able to control your anger when you lose, I can't control whether or not I want to reply to somebody. You know, there are millions of times where I type something out, I feel good, and I delete it. I never push send. That happens at least 10 times a day, you know, where I could correct people. If I go back to the dropping of the Halo team, you were there for that. The amount of times that I wanted to explain myself and clear my name and to say the truth of Same what was Same thing as a coach. People would read me. Yes. And I'm like, there was a amount of times where I had something typed up. Yeah. And I'm like, stop it. Put, yeah. it, put it down. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it was... See, see, I don't mind the... It's not the trolls or the... Just people intentionally being toxic. It's the ignorance. Yeah. When the people like think they're making such a good point and they get it and I'm like you just see 1% of the whole picture and think you get it you don't understand shit that's when it gets <laughs> to me when it's about either the CDL or anything like when people are just like so ignorant to how things work and that's like yeah with the comments about Halo or Coach when they just they don't get shit about it it's just that's when it like gets it, ignorance gets to me bad because I try to I, I and I not all the time but I try to respond to things when I feel I get it, like I try to get information, understand the whole picture, I try to, but like sometimes people just don't. Do you at times feel around. like it's your responsibility to let somebody know that they're being stupid? Yes. Yeah. Remember no, that one I time? I think today I literally responded to someone and said that's stupid. So You yes. remember that one time you looked into my eyes and you saw nothing because I was so drunk that you're like, go to sleep? <laughs> yeah. That, like that. Do you feel like it's your responsibility <laughs> to look at somebody who's obviously n nothing's in there? It's a fucking can of beans, <laughs> right? A, 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 like no brain in there. Yeah. And you I've see the that. tweet. I've seen that, yeah. You see the tweet and you're just like, it's my job to let them know yeah, he's being no. a moron. Yeah, I follow that sometimes. Do you? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, especially, dude, at the, uh, what was I... I can't remember at the last CDL event, but Joe's like, what are you doing? I was at Lennon, I was replying to people. Oh, it's, we, it, was we, all the, it was all the confusion around the format and stuff, yeah. and like people were just saying it was trash. I'm like, listen, you may not like it, but it's not, you just don't understand it. Like when it was like the GSL group in a single limb, like people yeah. just couldn't wrap their head around it. I must have responded to like 50 tweets just trying to explain it. It was just something where like people literally didn't understand it. Which is crazy um, because it's always been that way, just in different, yeah. Well, like GSL in a single limb is such a common thing, but like people were so confused and I just was like, I literally was just there for like two hours replying to people uh, trying to well, explain I stuff. I try and give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, it's like, are these people like new to following you? Uh, like, I don't want to come off as fake if I say that, but like streaming, for example, when I see the same question for the 20th time, I really don't want to answer it. But it's like, it's not that person's fault that they're the yeah. 20th person, right? Yeah. So it's just like, I try and be as like nice and not use tone and not snap as people as, as much as possible because they're either just not knowledgeable on it or, but I totally get what you guys are saying. When they, when they put like a low effort, just troll ass answer and stuff like that. And they obviously don't, haven't taken the time to learn much about whatever the topic is. It can be very frustrating, yeah. but. Ignorance just drives me nuts. It really does. Same. I, I, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, helper. I'm here to help. I, and when I see a young lost soul, I have to literally <laughs> tell you, you're being a it's fucking okay moron. It's okay to understand something. Put some effort into 
understanding it. There's some people that just don't put any effort into getting something. Yeah, and just like it's just effort. throw their opinion out there with no For understanding sure. of the whole picture. Drives me batshit. Well, I, I think I think I, I I fell into that today when I told Nameless uh, when I said that Nameless was being controversial, and he's like, "You obviously didn't watch the show," and I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah. He's like, I did it. <laughs> He's like, all right, my bad. And I was like, no, well, it's my bad. Cause it's <laughs> you should have seen the other day. It was so funny. Uh, he probably doesn't want me to say this, but I don't even care. We were, uh, we were talking to him about just like, listen, man, you can't let the toxicity bother you and stuff. Like, that's just, that's part of being on air talent, man. Like, you're going to get blasted with opinions. That's just how it works. And he's like, oh, I'm going to own it. When they, what, were they, what were they getting on him for at first? I think it was just the contest of the point, the first episode. They were just getting on it right, right when it first aired. And I was like, listen, man, you want to own the toxicity? You tweet, man, Atlanta Finals is going to be a fast one. Hunt's been getting 3 0'd. And he's like, I'll tweet that word for word. And he put it out there. I was like, all right, there yeah. we go. So I gave he it does back like to word it. for yeah, word. So he does like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, he, he, just, he just, I don't know. I just feel like uh, in any of our positions, that's just, you got to deal with some of the social media stuff, like, especially when you're making opinions and on talk shows and stuff. Like, that's just part of it. You're going to get bashed. Not everyone's going to love you. Yeah. But that's a whole different combo. All right. So we got a couple of questions from Twitter, uh, and they are in a live format. Uh, Matt, this one's from Demon Jedi. Do you think gamers are getting soft nowadays with the participation trophy culture we're living in and all the backlash to Ninja's uh, losing statement? Seems like it is. Just curious on your opinion. Thanks. All right, so pretty much uh, the, the the question is like, do you think that this generation? And I guess it my 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 comment that I put on Twitter, and I guess this is like a directly thing, a direct uh, answer to that is that uh, the people that were hurt, whose feeling got hurt, or they took the wrong way from Ninja's tweet, have a couple of participation trophies that they're super proud of, and. I've always been a big, big, I mean, obviously you guys are younger than me and, and, and grew up in a different era of some sort. I'm pretty sure it's like a decade between you and me. How old are you? Yeah, 27, 35. decade, 35, so five. So we're almost like in the same thing. Like participation trophies never existed. Did they exist? Not really. The problem no. is that I feel so whack though because my generation is the generation that invented participation, participation trophies where they're like, hey, everybody should have fun. I like this whole bullshit about... I just hope both teams have fun. I don't know if that's a meme or if people really mean it. Like the amount of people that get offended when somebody fucking boos at a competition event, it, I don't know what it is, but it, it, it annoys me that people have never, like, they're like, it's not sports. You're right, but it's competition. Yeah. Right? And, and, and there's favorites and then there's non-favorites. And there are people who love to be the bad guy and there are people who don't, care either way and they just compete but the question is do you think that this generation is soft <sighs> I think social media has kind of made people soft to be honest <laughs> it, it makes social media makes everyone feel important it, it makes everyone feel like they can chime into any sort of scenario and I feel like if people you wouldn't see it as much if social media didn't exist because people wouldn't say any of the stuff they would say in real life. Yeah. So like now it, it makes people feel more entitled that their opinions like mean more. And I feel like people just like want more out of every single situation. So like, I, I feel like the people don't know how to separate competition and, and casual. Yeah. So like people that are casual about whatever they want to do and they want to feel like that's like, it's like a hobby of theirs or whatever. That's different. As soon as you draw the line between casual and competition, that's when the whole participation trophy stuff should just completely go away. So as long as there's like a clear line drawn, that's when that stuff just needs to go away. Does that make sense? Yeah. To me, I, yes. I just don't even like, I'm not even viewing from like a gaming standpoint or a competitive standpoint, just in general, I think people have gotten soft as shit. Like it's just, it's like everyone is looking for a, it, yes, it, it's compounded on social media, but like everyone wants something to be offended about. Everyone wants to defend someone for something. Everyone, dude, it's just it's just wild how it is nowadays. And like there are obviously, um, I don't I don't mean this when it applies to homophobic things or racist things. There 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 are spots that it absolutely needed to improve. One hundred percent. Like the way people would talk to each other online in games in the past, not okay, but like just in general, yeah, man. Like it's just. I, I, I get worried about it sometimes, like, since I'm on camera all the time and commentary, like, when am I going to offend someone for saying something? Like, I don't, like, little stuff I just don't even think about. Like, what did I say the other day? Um, 
I didn't even think about it, but like, it, I feel like I have to be so careful. I said, oh, I like fumbled my words or something a little bit. I said something, I was like, oh, like I just had a stroke. I just made that comment. Like it's just, it was a common phrase growing up because I just like blurted out some words and like someone tweeted me and said like, you can't say that. Like I had one and it's not okay to say that. Like it's just never even crossed my mind. Like where's the line? I guess sometimes I don't know. Like can, oh, I, you said, can I not make a you short said I joke? Had a stroke? I, I said like because I, I stumbled through some words. I made a comment like, oh, I, th- I just had a stroke. I just said that because and I somebody just, like, got some words and I offended someone. And like, and I thought about it. I'm like, all right, maybe that's you're right. But like, it just never crossed my mind. Like, where was the? I guess I just don't know where the line is. Like, if I make a short joke, am I offending all short people? If I make a like, I don't know where the line is. Sometimes it's scary. I, I guess it, I'm saying it's scary sometimes to be. On camera all the time. Yeah. We don't know that line because I just don't know when I'm going to offend someone. I've been on camera for the last decade. Okay. I I grew up in an era where, in a neighborhood, and I grew up in a certain way where certain things were allowed, you know, just certain things, just the way that you grew up. In in, in the 90s, as, as offensive as the F word is now, you know, as, as a homophobic slur and a derogatory term. Like I get it, but in the time, you know, as, as, as a kid, you don't, you know, I certainly didn't think about that. I had, I, you know, gay friends like all my life, but I never saw it as that, right? You no, know what my, I mean? So my sister, my sister's gay, and like it was yeah. still, it was just tossed around all the time, yeah. like in college and stuff. It just was. But I personally think that that one thousand percent, it is, it is a, a a soft thing. But I do think that we're we're better off now than we were in the past. So I take, I take, I take every single time I say it. I say it with a grain of salt because I understand that we, as a society, are in a much better place than we were in the past. Just, you know, if I look at my YouTube comments from 2009, you know, fat beaner, fat beaner, fat beaner, to, <laughs> to everybody, you know, sort of loving me now, like, it, it's different, right? And it didn't, bother, it didn't bother me back then because, one, I love beans, and two... I'm just but, thick. But I think you're right. Like things, <laughs> things needed to change with a lot, of, like like the F word, like that. That stuff needed to change. 100. I get it, but it, I guess my it's just sometimes hard to know where, where the line is on certain things. Like I just feel like it's terrifies me. It's just. Well, it's just it's a tough perspective because like I don't really we are, are we live online, so it's like the world is so different. People say. Just ridiculous stuff. But it's all always changing. It feels like it's always changing though. Yeah. Like one day to the next. Just, uh, so it's like I don't know if I want to call people soft or it's just because so much of our lives live online now and the like people just say whatever they want. So it's just like it's a fine line of just yeah. being a dickhead online or just it's just is that's because we have such a big online presence now. Uh, it's tough to say because people wouldn't say this this stuff and wouldn't take as much offense to stuff if this all all this conversation was happening person to person and that's where. People feel like it's okay to say certain things for dude, some reason. That's was, why I don't like social dude, media. But like, people what, say whatever the fuck they want. What was the <laughs> one I saw? What was the one I saw the other day, man? That I just, it's it's hard to like know. Uh, I think Golden Boy said something on broadcast about like that's his spirit animal or something like that. And then he had a Native American guy in his mentions that was like going in about like it wasn't okay that he said that. Like it's offensive to his culture. And I'm just like, wh- where where is the it was hard for me to relate to that, but like, like, where's the? I just don't know where the line is. Yeah, like is that, that is like that he didn't even being ignorant? I don't or, know. I, you know, I, I, I could. I was reading the mentions. At first, I thought he was trolling, but he was dead serious. I saw like, that one. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. I was I like, I was like, what? Yeah. And maybe it's me being ignorant then, but like, I couldn't. It's just some stuff that seems like such a simple phrase. You never Sick. know. You never know when you're gonna just. That would that would have been me. I would have been like, well, jokes on you because I'm also Native American. I'm Mexican. I'm an Aztec. <laughs> That's Native American. You're Native North American. I'm Native South American. But he's from Puerto Rico, so poor him. But so I just feel like sometimes Joe, people are like, going out of their way fire. to find a reason to be upset, man. All right, one more, and then we, we can wrap it up. Hex, what's going on, man? Big fan of yours, especially every video that you have carne asada cooking on the grill. Anyway, my question was, obviously you started your career, career off jacking around having fun with videos. At what point, though, did you know, hey, there could be money in this, and how did you go about building your esports organization. All right, so you started playing video games for fun, the same way that you did, the same way that I did. At what point do you did you make the decision this could be a full time thing for me? I guess the the turning point, the big decision for me is when I stopped going to college. It was, like my parents were not happy with the decision. Is when I was on complexity. Is when we had a big string of tournaments coming up, and it was a, a big leap of faith for me to say, "This is it. I'm gonna take a break from school." It ended up being, I never went back, right? So it ended up working out, but it, that was the moment for me where I was like, things are going well, I either go all in or I don't go. 
well, you know? So that was that was it for me. It's 2013. Yeah. Clint. So my first event, MLG event, was like 2004 for Halo. Jesus. But then I had like a long, which like six events between then and 07, then went to college. I always thought that I wanted to be in that world, but it didn't really click that I could be, I guess, until... I guess when Gandhi hit me up during Halo 4, like 2012, it was like, let's try this streaming thing. And we just had a couple hundred viewers, but people loved it and wanted us to commentate and thought we were funny. And I think that's when I was just like, there's something here. And that's when I just quit working and moved across the country to do stuff with Scott. Um, but yeah, I think back in like 2012 during Halo 4. Just- God, what a duo that would have been. You fucked up, dude. Well, no, I mean, I, hell, I'm the one that wrote it out. He took the, he took, to be, the you can't blame one. him, but he, he got a full-time offer from high res yeah. and it, it was at a point where, I mean, Hector, we weren't getting paid to commentate. Yeah. Like, what, we were broke. Like, yeah. we, I commentated for a year and Halo, I'm making a penny. So, like, I couldn't blame him for taking the full-time job opportunity. Do I sometimes wonder if Scott had stuck it out, like, how good we could have been? Yeah. I mean, I love commentating with him, but I think things have worked out for both of us at this point. Yeah, He's got uh, a new absolutely. game about to come out. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. me and Joe are Regret us so. for pussies. No offense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, so for me, it was the day that Hutch told me that if you submit a video to Machinima, you can make $2 per every 1,000 views. It was at that very moment that I said, I'm never going to do anything for the rest of my life than this. This is it for me. Um, the second somebody said that you can make money off of having fun, I'll sign me up. I will do anything and everything that I can for as long as I possibly can to live this impossible dream. And I did. First check that I got from Machinima after... Nine months of telling Judith that this is going to work was 16 cents. So for nine months of me not working, nine months with her like halfway to giving birth or already gave birth to live, being the only uh, job holder in the in the household, 16 cents. The next one was $16,000. So you can imagine my ear-to-ear grin. Um, and, the, and the rest is on hill. But the second, it, it didn't take much to convince me that this was going to be that. But I, I guess in this day and age, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a side hustle until it becomes like your, your main source of income. And it's not like, uh, okay, this month I made more than I make at my job, I'm quitting everything. It's six months of that right. same routine to where you can save up enough money to where if that falls, you can have at least three months to find a job or to get your job back. Um, yeah, I've thought cool. about that just with the commentary thing. Like, I don't know what I would need to get to streaming-wise to actually give that up. I really like the concept. Yeah, I, I, I love it. This past year for me has been yeah. crazy. Like I yeah. have all those thoughts within a couple month period of what Jack, I wanted to Jack do. Jack stopped. Like my numbers are probably around what Jack was at yeah. when he decided to. Yeah. Um, and I know there's potential. But you there, like but doing it. You I like, love it, man. Yeah, that's I love the, thing. the commentary. Thing. That's the thing, though. That's, uh, look, if if I was a carpenter, for example, if I was a fireman, for example, and I love my job, I don't think I could ever give that up. You know, if, if something right. fulfills me and makes me happy. And I find another thing that also fulfills me and makes me happy and I make money so I don't feel like a piece of shit dirtbag for not spending more time with the dogs or whatever, then I would do that. So, I, again, it's a, it's a level of comfort that you have to be okay with because, again, you don't become a professional gamer, you don't become a professional streamer or YouTuber content creator to live a crazy, lavish lifestyle. But if you can pay your bills, if you can pay your light bill, your, your whatever, then you're already winning. You've already You're already a success story, in my opinion. But... Who am I to say that? Anyway, uh, boys, thank you so much for stopping by. I do appreciate you guys. Uh, hopefully it won't be the last time. Um, I think that there's going to be a... Uh, at, okay, so this video is going live when, Matt? Tomorrow? Okay, so today, as you guys are watching this, we're all heading to Atlanta. You, you... Wait, I, don't, I didn't finish watching Hard Points. Who, who, uh, what? What, you asking who we picked to win? Yeah, who did you guys pick? I who picked did, Atlanta. Okay, who did you pick? Picked Atlanta. Okay, cool. I'm going <laughs> to pick the Huntsman. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> Every single comment that I've seen from creators such as them, <laughs> casters and analysts and this, that, and the other, are all like, there's this monster waiting for the Huntsman in the woods. And that, look, can Atlanta win? 100%. But at no point, at no point, at no goddamn point have any of my guys said at any point, like, holy shit, we're going up to Atlanta. In fact, they said, I can't wait to get my hands around them because I want to know. I want to know who, who, if there really is. And everybody said, well, the, the Paris Legion played them really close and they took those maps off of them. We sat in the back of the stage with no warm-up for three fucking hours. Three hours, cold, while Paris was playing matches. Playing matches. That's a good point. Good point. Excellent point. We had to switch stations. 
Scum had to sit there without any water for about 10 minutes before his handlers came and, and showered him with gifts. <laughs> anyway, you're still getting three out. Long story short, no. Listen, I, I think I think what's cool about this, and real quick to touch on this side, yeah. I think the format. It, at first, I'd like that all the teams weren't there, but now it's kind of created this moment, right? It's created this mm-hmm. like Chicago won, Atlanta yeah. wasn't there. Yep, we're going to Atlanta. Like it's created this moment that it kind of didn't expect. Yeah, and I am pumped. But, I, but what's funny is we're all expecting this to be the final. Like who the hell knows? They might not yeah. get to the final. Yeah, but... well that's what that's what envoys say. They say yeah. it's like well they gotta get to us first. Yeah, all right. Again, none of my guys are nervous. None of my guys are like in this, like, like biting their nails, going like everybody. Everybody. I don't think everyone views it that way. I think no, it's more a, like they, a lot of people view won. it that way. I think it's more that I think some people think they were so focused on the Dallas thing, they played Dallas yeah. a lot, they rivalry between yeah. Stump and Crim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that's not what you need to worry about. Yeah, that's yeah, no. that's not the top team. No, no, no. You're right. Yeah. Atlanta needs to worry. It's not us. Yeah. They're nasty, sure. They can win 100%. If they win, I'm not going to be surprised. If we win, I'm not going to be surprised. I kind of hope Atlanta wins. Gotta just to like, like, I want it to be close. Atlanta, Chicago won. Atlanta won. And like, it just continues, man. Like, yeah. they, they battle again. Not me. Well, I yeah. want wins all year round, as I usually do. Uh, on that note, thank, again, boys, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Again, thanks so much to Honey and Hims for sponsoring the podcast. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, and if you guys are looking for somebody else to sponsor, this podcast on my left is super fire. Anyway, we'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you so much. Leave a like, subscribe. We're all, you know where we're at. Goodbye.